Hi, this is Oliver Saria. I am about to get tested for COVID-19. I am at the SOMA site on 7th uh, between Brannon and Townsend. And um, I'm not quite sure what to expect. I heard this testing site doesn't scrape your brain with a swab like I've heard um, other tests do. Um, hopefully that's not the case, but um, I'll let you know how it goes. And that was Oliver Saria, the managing director at Bindlestiff Studio, who is on his way to go get his COVID-19 test. And as you can tell, he's definitely apprehensive about that nose swab. We'll check back in later for the test results. Welcome, everybody, to the Fobcast. This is a Bindlestiff Studio podcast production about Filipino-American immigrant stories in the Bay Area. I'm Maureen Almario, the Artistic Director of Bindlestiff Studio and Asian American Studies professor. And I am Joe Cascasan, an actor and director at Bindlestiff Studios, uh, which Bindlestiff Studio, if you don't know, is the epicenter of Filipino-American performing arts, which cultivates artists who celebrate diverse values, local community engagement, and bold artistic expression. Hey, Aureen. Hey, Joe. Since <laughs> me and you are the hosts of this FOBcast, why don't you tell everybody what a FOB is? Oh, Wow. Okay. Yeah. FOB is actually a very loaded word. Um, it stands for fresh off the boat. It's, it's has a history of being derogatory used to kind of demean folks who just arrived in, you know, recently immigrated to the U S but whoa, whoa, whoa. Does that mean this is problematic? I mean, it's in how you use it and who's using it. Right. Okay. So we're both immigrants. Ooh, okay. Um, people here and so we're we're trying to reimagine reappropriate the word flipping the script here in order for us to center the immigrant experience and just it's just a play on words pun intended right. and, <laughs> and just to we get let everybody know this is the first episode of the Fobcast and episode one is we're going to focus on the immigrant narratives on the COVID-19 pandemic. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Why is it so important to talk about the pandemic? It's everywhere. It's happening. It's right here. So this is our first episode, Joe, and it's all about COVID. Um, let's talk about Binnelstiff, right? And what Binnelstiff is about. Sure. What are we doing around? Yeah. 2020 has been a weird year, right? Mm -hmm. For the theater, especially even before COVID. Do you remember what happened? Yep, I do. So we <laughs> found out we had like these, this huge water damage underneath the theater floors, all over, uh -huh. like en encompassing the whole floor up to the storage, up to where outside the mezzanine. Yeah. And we had to dig everything out of there, gut the whole flooring. Um, and so what ended up happening was we ended up having to cancel half of the year before even pandemic. And unfortunately, that also um, affected our daytime programming, which is theater arts workshop for youth and seniors. So if folks didn't know that we also do yes. theater workshops for our community. And we all had to. You pivot. know what? Yeah, we didn't. We. we yeah. We didn't stop. We didn't stop our programming just because of the 
the floors being flooded and because of COVID-19, we pivoted, like you said, into uh, online Zoom virtual programming. Right. So typically we do our shows, we do, you know, um, ex- theater exercises where we all have fun in the theater. But um, we have since then met on Zoom. Uh, not everybody was captured because some folks did not have access or did not have, you know, the 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 literacy to understand, you know, like computer literacy, basically. But um, those who were able to participate, we did a writing workshop for both the youth and the seniors. Um, and for the seniors, we did it with in partnership with Mr. Oscar Pineranda. And um, Ooh, Mr. P, Mr. P. Yep. Mr. P, if you're from the East Bay, everybody knows Mr. P from Logan. Logan. Filipino studies program there. Um, and now we're, they're going to do a, a book. We are trying to publish a book. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We're still going. We're still going on right now. We meet every Friday. <laughs> are we? Well, are do we- you have a sample of what the uh, you have a sample piece from? what you've been working on with seniors? Yes, we do have one right now. And this one is by um, Myra Lagundi. And I just want to let you know that she is one of the busiest seniors I've ever met. She's um, does all of these activities. Okay. You'll hear her talk about it. I don't want to spoil it for you, but here is my Tita Mira, Elmira Lagundi. When coronavirus pandemic started for me, my world stopped turning. All churches were closed. Many businesses were closed too. Many lost their jobs. All people were told to stay home, not only here, but all over the world. All senior centers were closed. No senior activities and socializing. Community Music Center with their 14 adult choirs was closed too. I belong to four of them because I love singing. All practices, performances, and socializing were all halted. The only communication we have is through emails. Through emails, After a week, teachers or instructors were able to video themselves singing our songs for us to sing with them on our own. Then after a few weeks, the Zoom video conference was introduced to us. So we do practice through Zooming. It was a relief for all of us. At least we were able to see and hear each other. This makes me feel my world slowly continue revolving. May, oh no, June, in June 1st to 7, the center had their annual fundraising. There was one week performathon for one hour every day through virtual performances. All the instructors and students were the performers playing on instruments like piano, violin, and everything. Some do the singing. People donated, so they were able to raise raise some funds. I did participate for two days. The first day, I sang Maligayang Araw duet with Robin, our instructor from Bayanian Older Adult Choir. Then another number, I I sang Maalala Mukaya solo for my 30th Older Adult Choir participation. Then another day I sang Rayito de Luna duet with another member of Coro del Centro Latino. Thanks 
to my instructor for both choirs for editing for editing the show. I did participated to show community music center that we Filipino can be part of this center because mostly of their performers were whites, Latinos, African Americans and Chinese. I love music and I love to sing. Singing relieved my isolation and helped me to retain my memories. Singing in these adult choirs helped me get along with other non-Filipino members. And I learned to sing different songs, not only in Tagalog song, but in Spanish and in English. Singing makes me forget the fear of coronavirus. It makes me feel my world continues to revolve. Although I am very careful and aware that this dreadful virus still exists. That's Tita Mira, as I like wow, that to was call awesome. her. Yeah. Tita Mira. That was awesome. I'm so glad that the seniors had an opportunity to have an outlet with Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I just want you to think about that, what she says in her opening, her opening kind of sentence, I guess, where she says, when the pandemic hit, my world stopped turning, right? So everything wow. was put on hold, yeah. put on pause. Um, you know, luckily there is there is luckily there's a lot of you know folks trying to help out and making sure seniors are not feeling isolated and they're getting the services that that they need. Um, especially in the South of Market, there's tons of um, they're trying to get them laptops. You know, trying to get them um, um, see, uh, groceries and things like that. So looking out for for our lolas and lolos <laughs> nice i like my favorite part is how she said that singing makes her forget about the coronavirus mm-hmm. yeah those are that's real do you, you know? have something that makes you forget about the coronavirus Irene? um i don't know i'm like i yeah i guess when i do when we were doing some some of our virtual shows it kind of kind of reminds me of you know doing actual shows at the theater and i you know i for that moment that you're doing it you're not really thinking about a virus um yeah so having a creative outlet is important but aren't you think but doesn't it hmm? but doing but being on a virtual show though doesn't that being in a virtual show doesn't that already automatically think of the coronavirus because mm-hmm. it makes you think that you're not around the community anymore because you can't be yeah, but being on Zoom is so normalized now. Like, that's like my everyday social interaction is that's being true. on Zoom. So, like, doing Zoom where I'm not having to like, you know, be in a meeting or something, and and it, it just so it's normal to do Zoom to interact with other people. But then to do right. Zoom and do a show is like feels like doing theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like art. Yeah, yeah, it's like art again. Yeah, yeah. See, you know what could beat coronavirus? Art, <laughs> yeah, or just art you know, can beat coronavirus. Being creative, you know what I mean. Um, what do you think is happening with uh with our friend Oliver right now? I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's forgetting about the coronavirus <laughs> right now because he's he's about to get the test procedure done. Let's go check in with him. testing site they have people directing me through like signs and hang signals there's signs everywhere keep straight 
have photo ID ready, keep your mask on at all times, uh, what to expect. They are saying uh, station one, verify your eligibility, station two, get swabbed, keep windows, keep car windows rolled up. So I'm pulling into station one. There's a woman with a hi. She's asking me for my ID. She has a cloth mask on and a tablet and she has just directed me to the next station. And they're telling me line B. And uh, it's pretty empty, to be honest. Not that many people. And um, so I'm pulling up into lane B. Please hold until a staff member motions to pull up. So here's where I'm gonna get tested. Um, and the people here are like in full PPE. They have the face shields, the N95 masks, um, the coveralls, uh, gloves, of course. And they are, they are speaking to the person in front of me through the passenger side window. So I'm about to pull up. They're directing me to pull forward. And we are in basically a big empty parking lot. All right, can I confirm your uh, name and date of birth? Oliver Saria. Date of birth? Is it okay? I'm recording this for a radio. Um, I'm not really sure if we're allowed to record or not, but. Okay. For now, is this all correct? Yes, that's all correct. Thank you. Just a moment. Alrighty. Hi. Hi. So, this swab is going to go in each nostril for a few seconds. Um, whenever you're ready, you can just pull down your mask. How? Oh, you're going to stick it in yep. for me? Uh -huh. <laughs> Alright. Is it going to go far up? No, not too far. Okay. You'll get a notification stating that your results are ready. Okay. You'll then go to this website here. Mm -hmm. You'll enter your access code here and you'll get your results. Great. All right. Have a good Thank one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Be safe. So, yeah, there's, um, there was a, um, an attendant that stuck a swab up my nose. Um, didn't seem too far up. Um, I mean, um, from what I understood before, it, it, it felt uh, like the, the, the swab from the original tests, they really go up, up the sinuses. So um, I didn't really feel that. Um, it wasn't painful at all. Um, very slight discomfort and um, I mean, it's literally a few seconds, so um, I'm 
headed home now. And uh, I'm just going to wait a couple days till my results come in. So hopefully it's negative. Ouch. Oh my gosh. I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't know. I don't, I'm so sorry, but it, it scares me to go get tested. I, have you gotten tested? You have, you have like some trauma about your nose, Joe? <laughs> I have gotten tested. I guess. <laughs> you have? Okay. Yeah, I've gotten tested you, twice. Yeah, I think I like are getting you, tested. You... <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Because the times I've gotten tested, I've had um, congestion. And so when I did get oh. it up my nose, it was like, oh, I can breathe again, you know? Um, but yeah, it was oddly satisfying. Don't quote me That's on that. That's so weird. <laughs> it That's is weird. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that you got tested in that. Wait, you, you're, you came back. Yeah, negative, negative yeah? both times. I just have really bad allergies. But let's talk about your trauma with your nose, Joe. These are this is. I don't that trauma with my nose. It's just the <laughs> idea of getting something stuck. Up. Anything going up my nose just scares me. You know why? Because I'm afraid that it's going to touch my eyeball. Mm, it does feel like that though. Like feels like it's touching your oh, brain, see? like right here. Your tear. I immediately like started my tear ducts like. You know, I was tearing up, and and then she's like, "Now your other nose," and I'm like, "What? I thought it was just one nostril." <laughs> oh, why? Why? Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, so would you? How, if you were to rate getting something stuck up your nose on a scale of like one to ten, one being the worst thing ever, where would that be? Seven. Seven. Oh, so it's not so bad. That's a pretty good top <laughs> 10, though. Okay. Um, our next folks that are going to be, we're next person we're going to present um, is actually one of our youth. Right, Joe? Yes. One, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, Orina and I were uh, facilitating these online workshops with the youth that we used to meet with in person at Bindlestiff. And we used to do various theater workshops with them help them throw their shows. Uh, we actually had a show that they produced last mm -hmm. year, right? Mm -hmm. which, which was really fun. I personally love Soma Night Live. Yes. And I personally really love working with the youth uh, at Bindlestiff just because I first came across Bindlestiff when I was a youth. And mm -hmm. I feel like this is kind of like full circle for me, um, mm -hmm. getting, giving the, the opportunity to give back. But Anyways, we want to play uh, one of the youth's uh, pieces that they written in um, our, our workshop. It's written by Danielle, um, and it is titled Top 10 Things I Hate and Love About Quarantine. Top 10 Things I Hate About Quarantine. Facing a screen 24-7, going to the kitchen 10 times a day, not getting my monthly hair and nail care, always have to wear my mask outside, can't hang out with my friends, losing bonds with people, afraid of catching COVID, spending my birthday alone, being stuck with my toxic family, not being able to see the people I care about. And the top 10 things I love about quarantine is having more time for myself, a perfect excuse to not go out, spending more quality time with my family, and it reminds us of what is important, 
I can practice my cooking skills, I can sleep all day, I can finish watching a series, and I can start watching new series. I can start working on my new hob- hobbies. That's it. And that would give it up for Danielle. Yeah. I really, I really like that piece. I really, really like that piece. Just because that it really, quarantine, like shelter in place, really like, I think she captures like the complexity, like how you feel about it perfectly, right? How she, she kind of summarized it. Like you kind of, you could, you could love it and you could hate it at the same time. Like you, mm. you could hate the fact that you can't go out anymore, but you could love the fact that you're spending more time at home. Right. right? right. Yeah. Or you love that you're good, your family, but then they also drive you crazy. Like a lot of right. us. Yeah. But I think, you know, Danielle, you know, she's in high school. She's a young woman. What stuck out to me was her, you know, not like not being able to do get her hair, her nails, which is, you know, as 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 a young, you know, adolescent, like that's important. You know, the way you express yourself outwardly um, is, is something that, you know, folks are kind of obsessed with at the young age. Right. And so, um, you know, I feel for her. I feel for her. I, I just do it at home. You know, I haven't had a haircut in so long and my hair is just ridiculous. And I know a lot of people are struggling in that sense. Right, Joe? Did you get a haircut? Mm. or? Was- yes. My partner, Lindsay, give, has been giving me monthly haircuts. Um, and sometimes it's okay and sometimes pretty good. And when it's okay, it's still pretty good, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least at least you got somebody to cut your hair. I have nobody. Um, and Why, you can't, Dave can't cut your hair. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust him to cut my hair. I, I I'm almost like <laughs> tempted to just like do it myself, but then it's hard to do the back when you have long hair. I can't see it. I, can't, I don't have. I can't. Don't have the angles. You know. Um. So I'm gonna tell you about this other senior that I've been working with. His name is George. He's amazing. I, I, I just love all the seniors. I'm just su- such an awe of all of them. But um, George is actually a very, very good writer, you know, very nuanced writer. Um, and he's always, every time I check in with him, he's always like, I want to get a haircut. Where can I get a haircut? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Danielle have the same concern, okay? Just goes to show age and gender doesn't matter when it comes to your appearance and hygiene. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to play um, our the next piece uh, written by George. It's called Shel- Shelter in Place Blues, and it's going to be read by Oliver Saria. Unfortunately, George couldn't had read it himself because of technical difficulties. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And... And plus, uh, we wanted uh, Oliver to read it because we were hoping that it would take his mind off of coronavirus. (laughs) Shelter in Place Blues by George Octaviano. A day after the order, the streets were bare. Some surprised animals were checking out the venues. What happened to the humans? Are they gone? Really? A few days later, the humans were back with face coverings. It's not the same. The rhythm of life has been altered. Forever? At the Wolf House, new regulations were installed for social distancing. Nobody's been sick, so it must be working. 
Still, the cycle of life and death goes on. For many, it is just their time. There's a time for everything. Turn, turn, turn. When will the order be lifted? Nobody knows. Yet we persevere. We still play. We still laugh. We still sing. We still live. The beat goes on. That was beautiful. Mm. Yes. Give it up. Give it up for the writer George, and give it up for the the reader Oliver. That was right. really good. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I love about that is when he when he opens up that poem with what the animal. What the animal? Yeah. How? Yeah. I, I was thinking about it. Like, yeah, I like yeah. that that imagery. Like, what happened to the humans? <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, for me, yeah. I feel like with especially with George, he's so um, kind of like he he absorbs a lot of things. Um, and I like I, the reason why I love working with the seniors is that uh, you really get to hear a perspective from these folks, you know, that have lived through so much, you know, living mm-hmm. through immigration, living through you know, what it means to be here since like the 70s or for some of them 80s, 90s, whatever that was. And just, mm-hmm. and then they're still thriving, as he said, you mm-hmm. know, the beat goes on, cycle of life continues. Mm-hmm. You think they're more resilient than our generation? Um, You know, I think, I, I wouldn't probably compare that, but, you know, they definitely did not have some of the luxuries and technology that we have. <laughs> that we're kind of dependent on nowadays. So it always blows my mind where it's like, wow, you had a long distance relationship and all you had was like pen and paper. Uh, And he is right. You know, the beat does go on. Yep. And you know what goes on to Oliver's test results. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to listen to it? Let's see what happened. Sure. Audience. Are you ready? Listeners, Are you ready? Uh Oh, I'm nervous. (laughs) Well, before we play it, actually, you know, one of our community members was actually tested positive and they were asymptomatic, asymptomatic and they fully recovered. So, you know, I know that's not the case oh, with good. other people, but yes, thankfully they survived and, you know, got and recovered completely and their family as well. So there is some hope that's here from Ollie. Okay. Are you nervous? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I feel fine. So I'm fairly confident I'm negative, but there's always a chance you could be an asymptomatic carrier. So you, you kind of never know. So part of me is a little bit nervous. Um, and so let me just back up. Uh, I received a text this morning which is, um, what is it? It's how many hours after? So it's Friday, Friday. At, uh, I, brought, I got the text around uh, 8.45. Um, so probably, I guess, 40, not quite, like 36 hours about, day and a half after taking the test, the results finally came. Um, I can look at it through email. The results were emailed to me. Um, 
as well as my doctor. So just entering my date of birth. And then it's confirming my identity. <clears throat> Telling me to view results. I'm opening the PDF with the results and negative. I am, I am negative. Woo! I mean, I do feel relieved. I think, uh, you know, if, if it had been positive, I would have had to quarantine myself. You would have had to call your work and tell them that I'm positive and probably... I would have sent you to a hotel. <laughs> You'd have sent me to a hotel. Um, but yeah, I mean, you would have had to immediately get tested and probably couldn't report to work anymore, which, you know, you probably wouldn't have minded. Get but... out of here. <laughs> Turning this thing off. For real. Okay. Woohoo! It's negative. Yeah. Yes. Did you hear his Thank wife you. though? Wait. She was like, "You're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in a hotel. <laughs> You're positive." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I could tell Ali was scared. He was nervous, wasn't he? I'm, I, I was scared too. But you know what? It's necessary. It's necessary to go get tested, right? Right. If you can, so we should, I, you know I what? I, I, even though I'm scared to go get tested, I'm gonna go get tested. We should all get tested. Yeah, should be a communal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> community testing. Um, and in San Francisco, it's free if you are a resident. If you work in San Francisco, um, just go to sf.gov, um, and they'll have some information about where to get testing, different testing sites. And that's it for our FOBcast. And we hope you share this FOBcast with your friends and family overseas. Our first episode is produced by Arino Mario, Joe Cascasan, Edma Bassa, Lian Ladia, Julio, Lara, and Oliver Saria. FOBcast logo is created by England Tildago with music by Ron Ramos, a.k.a. Metallica. FOBcast would like to thank DCYF, YBCA, Johanna, Robin Takayama, Annalisa Escobedo, Oscar Peñaranda, Lolita Quintanar, and Conrad Benedicto. And to end the show, we'd like to play new music by New York City band NSI, Namatai Sa Ingai, who played at a class and fest in 2019. The new song is called TNT, Tago Nang Tago. Check them out on Bandcamp. <laughs>